So uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be teaching from John chapter 4 today. So if you have the gray Bible, it's page 580. If you have the white Bible, it's page 604. So gray Bible is 580, white Bible is 604, John chapter 4. I'm thirsty this morning. Have y'all ever been thirsty? You ever been like, like you've been outside doing yard work or something and you just get real thirsty. You're like, man, I need some water. That's how I'm feeling right now. But sometimes, sometimes you get thirsty and so you'll go, you'll get your water and you'll drink it. And at first it's real satisfying, right? Like you get that first swallow, it hits your throat and you're like, Mm, that's good. That's satisfying. But then five minutes go by and you're, you start to forget about it a little bit. Ten minutes go by and you may be thinking to yourself, man, I need some more water. I'm kind of thirsty again. Well, in this passage that we're going to read today, John, Jesus is talking to this woman and he's telling her that no matter what you drink, to satisfy yourself, eventually you're going to get thirsty again. And no matter what you eat to satisfy yourself, eventually you're going to get hungry again. And Jesus is telling her that he is the only one who can satisfy her forever. So let's read John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, He left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to drink water. And give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it? That you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have the bu- a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go. Call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, Believe me, woman. An hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. And when He comes, He will explain everything to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am He. Just then his disciples arrived, and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went into town, and told the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told them. Don't you say there are still four more months and then come the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored, and you have benefited from their labor. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of what he said, and they told the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. Let's pray. God, we need your presence here. God, we need your power. We could, we could come and gather together and do all the right things. We could pray. We could sing songs. We could open your word. But God, if your presence isn't here, then it's meaningless. So God, come, I pray, I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this place, that you would speak through your word, God, that you would, you would change hearts and you would turn people to yourselves. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. And so this was a really long story. You might have got lost along the way, so I'm going to recap it a little bit for you. So Jesus, he was with his disciples, he was teaching in Judea. And he decided to go to Galilee. Now, between Judea and Galilee, there was this section called Samaria. And so Jesus' disciples, they were walking, and they, they just get exhausted. Jesus is exhausted. So they come into this town called Sakar, and he's so tired that Jesus says, you know what, I'm just going to sit at this well right here. And so Jesus sits down, and he says, you guys, you go into town, get me some food, because I'm hungry. And I'm tired, and he just sits there at the well. I love it when I'm reading the Bible and I, I see Jesus do something that I'm like, this is relatable. Because sometimes I get off work, and I go home, and I just want to sit. I'm like, yep, just sitting on my couch. So Jesus, he's sitting there because he's so tired. He'd walked about 30 miles, and it had been like a three-day journey. And he's, he's sitting there at the well exhausted. But what's interesting 
is that even though Jesus was exhausted from the journey, he still was obedient to God. And as this woman comes up to the well, he decides to initiate a conversation with her. I know if it was me and the woman was coming up there and I'm exhausted, I'm sitting there, I'd be like, kind of like, like, I'm not here trying not to have a conversation. But this isn't what Jesus does. Jesus actually initiates the conversation with her. Because Jesus knew that if he was obedient to God, if he was faithful and spoke to the woman, that God would give him strength to accomplish the work that God had called him to do. God always always equips us to do the things that God calls us to do. And Jesus knew this. And Jesus knew that if he was faithful and had this conversation with the woman, that God would satisfy him, that he would, be, he would feel satisfaction that he wouldn't gain unless he was obedient and faithful to what God had called him to do. I think it's also interesting that in this story we can see that God uses human frailty to accomplish his mission. If Jesus, if Jesus had been strong in this moment, he would have gone into town with the disciples to go get food. And then as this woman came to the well, no one would have been there to talk to him, talk to her. And so Jesus, he was tired, and God used the weakness of Jesus sitting there at the well for this woman to come up and Jesus to have a conversation with her. So let's go down to verse 7. This is what the woman comes up. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. She responds, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus initiates a conversation with this woman But it was socially unlikely that Jesus would have talked to her. If Jesus had been any other person, they probably wouldn't have had a conversation. This shows that Jesus cares for the lowly and the oppressed. He cares for the social outcasts. It was unlikely that Jesus would have spoken to her because of a couple reasons. One, she was a Samaritan and Jesus was a Jew. Between the Jews and the Samaritans, there had been about a thousand years of racist tension between them. A thousand years of Jews looking at Samaritans, calling them half-breeds. Jews feeling like they were better than the Samaritans. And so it was very unlikely that Jesus would have talked to this Samaritan. But not only was she a Samaritan, she was also a woman in this society Women had virtually no rights and no voice. And often men would not speak to women in public. So it was unlikely that Jesus would have talked to her, first because she was a Samaritan and there was racist tension between them, and second because she was a woman and was considered to be lower than in a social setting. And the third reason it was unlikely that Jesus would speak to her is because she was a sinner. We can see this because it was noon and she was coming to the well to get water. 
Now, that may not, may not seem like a big deal to us, but in that society, people didn't come to the well to get water at noon because it was the hottest part of the day. The sun is right above you, shining down. It's really hot. You don't want to go get water then. Most of the time, people would get water at another time when it was cooler. But she did this because she didn't want to have interaction with people. She didn't want to run into people at the well. She wanted to just be kind of kind of keep her head down and get the water and go. And so it's unlikely that Jesus would start a conversation with her because there's this racist tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews thought they were better than the Samaritans. And so she's socially, she was considered a less than. Also because she was a woman, typically men don't speak to women. And even in her little social circle of Samaritan women, the Samaritan women looked down on her so much so that she would want to go to the well at noon so that she wouldn't run into anybody, so she could be by herself. And Jesus comes up to this woman and he initiates a conversation with her even though he's exhausted. See, Jesus knew this woman's sins, but he still loved her. Let's look at verse 17. Jesus asks her to go get her husband, and she says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, you have answered correctly that you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. In her society, she was considered unacceptable But Jesus still accepted her. Even though in her society she was unacceptable, Jesus accepted her and he loved her. And so as as you're sitting here today, I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know um, what your thing is. But your sin is not greater than Jesus' love. And your sin is not greater than Jesus' grace. Jesus has compassion and mercy for you today. Jesus said that he didn't come for the healthy, but he came for the sick. And in fact, throughout Jesus' ministry, the religious leaders were always looking at Jesus saying, why is he always eating with the sinners? Why is he with the sinners? And so if you come in here today and you're thinking, man, I'm such a sinner. How could God love me? How could he care about me? Jesus came specifically for you. You are why Jesus came. He came for the sinners. And Jesus came because he is the only one who can satisfy us with eternal life. In verse 13, Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks from this water... We'll get thirsty again. She had come to the well for water. But Jesus is using this as a metaphor. See, she was trying to find satisfaction in her relationships. She had previously had five husbands, and the man she was with now was not her husband, probably because of trust issues, because of the other five husbands that she had had. And it doesn't have to be a relationship for you. Maybe it's that job. Maybe you think to yourself, if I just get this job then I'll be happy, then I'll be satisfied. Or maybe if I just get these clothes or I just get these shoes, then I'll be happy. 
But Jesus is telling her, and he's telling us today, anything that you try to find your satisfaction in other than him is ultimately not going to satisfy. It may satisfy for a minute like a glass of water, but eventually you're going to get thirsty again. You're going to get hungry again. And then what? You keep going back to the same thing over and over and over, and it's not satisfying you then, but you think maybe it'll satisfy me this time, but it won't. It doesn't satisfy. Because Jesus is the only one who can eternally satisfy. In verse 14, he says, Whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. The living water that Jesus offers, which is himself, gives eternal life, both in length, eternal life that goes on forever, but also in fullness. Jesus said that he came so that we could have life and that we would have it in abundance, that we would have it to the full. Jesus wants us to be satisfied in his presence. He, he wants to satisfy us. But so often we're distracted trying to satisfy ourselves in these things that will never satisfy us. And so Jesus says these things to the woman, and something changes in the woman. This one experience with Jesus, meeting Jesus face to face, finding out that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who can save her, it fundamentally transformed the woman. She was never the same again. In verse 28, it says that she left her water jar right there. The, th- the very thing that she came to the well to do, to get water, she ended up leaving it and she forgot about it because she was so excited that she had met Jesus. She was so excited that she had experienced Jesus. When we taste what Jesus offers, which is his presence, when we taste the presence of Jesus, our sin loses its flavor. How many of you had had real good fried chicken? Like some real good fried chicken. If you have a real good, some real good fried chicken, I'm talking chicken that's, that's juicy on the inside with some good flavors, good spices on the outside. You can't go back to the fried chicken that's mostly flour and a little bit of salt and pepper. It's just not the same anymore. When we experience the presence of Jesus, when we feel his glory, when, when we experience a relationship with Jesus, our sin loses our, its flavor. Sometimes we still want to go back to it and try it out, but it doesn't satisfy the way that it satisfied us before. Because we've tasted the real thing. We've tasted true satisfaction, true joy, true love. And these things that we keep going back to, we realize that they're not as satisfying as we thought they were. So she experienced this. She leaves her water jar and then she goes back into her community. The joy that she experienced from knowing Jesus, from meeting Jesus, overflowed And bubbled over into her community. She runs back into her town in verse 28 and 29. It says, She went into town and told the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She had to tell people about her experience with Jesus. 
because it was so changing, so life-changing, so refreshing, so satisfying that she just had to tell people about it. And in the meantime, while she's explaining this joy to the people in her community, Jesus is explaining the same thing to his disciples. In verse 31, it says, In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Even though Jesus was exhausted, he had been walking for three days over 30 miles. He was sitting at the well like, you guys go get food. I'm just going to sit here. Even though he was feeling like that, his energy was revived. His soul was revived by being obedient to God. By sharing the message with this woman, it filled him up with energy. And his joy was made complete through his faithfulness to God. So when you're tired, when you're exhausted, when you, when you feel like, I can't even get up right now, I just want to keep, I just want to sit down right here. I encourage you to press on. Keep, keep being faithful. Keep doing the little things that God has called you to do. Because God will give you strength to accomplish what he has called you to do. And we don't live on bread alone. When we are obedient to God, when we are faithful, when we continue to press on, even when we're tired, we can experience a joy that we could have never experienced any other way. We can experience a peace that we never would have experienced any other way. And this is what Jesus is sharing with his disciples. He's like, yeah, even though I was tired, even though I was exhausted wanting to sit here, I shared with this woman and it filled me up. It gave me this joy and this satisfaction that I could not have tasted any other way. And then verse 39, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said. And in verse 41, it says, many more believed because of what he said. So we see that the community that the woman was in was transformed by her testimony about Jesus. We see that God can use human weakness, human frailty to accomplish his mission because Jesus, he was exhausted, he was sitting at the well. God used that to speak to the woman. The woman was a social outcast, an outsider, a less than in the eyes of the society, but God still used her to accomplish his mission in the community. But the beginning of a transformed community is us experiencing the presence of Jesus. If we don't first experience the presence of Jesus, we have nothing to share with the community that we go into. This woman, if she had not met Jesus at the well, it would have just been a regular Friday. She would have come, got her water, went back into town. Nothing would have changed. But her experience with Jesus 
being in his presence, finding out who he was and how he cared for her, changed something inside of her. It filled her with this joy and this satisfaction that bubbled over into the community, and she saw her entire community transformed because she had experienced Jesus. We need to experience Jesus. Like, on a personal level, we need to be experiencing the presence of Jesus through prayer, through His Word, through gathering at the church. We need to experience His presence if we want to see our community transformed. In fact, this is so important, experiencing His presence, that Jesus died for us to experience His presence. We were separated from Him. We were in our sin. We were like the woman, seeking satisfaction in every passing thing. And all the while, Jesus was next to us saying, I'm here. I'm the satisfier. I want to fill your soul. Come to me. But we wouldn't listen. And so Jesus came to the earth and he lived the perfect life in our place and died the death in our place so that we could experience the joy and the satisfaction and the peace and the love that comes from experiencing Jesus, from being in his presence. So we need to be in his presence. I have a couple applications. Jesus is the only one who will ever satisfy. If you are currently looking for satisfaction in anything else, whether that's a relationship, whether that is alcohol, whether that is a job, or having nice clothes or nice shoes, no matter what it is, if you are seeking your satisfaction in that thing, it will not satisfy. Only Jesus can eternally satisfy you. That thing that you're seeking will leave you disappointed at best and heartbroken at worst. It's not worth it. Jesus is the satisfaction that we are looking for. So we need to spend time in Jesus' presence daily. We need to get in the presence of Jesus to experience the joy and the satisfaction and the life that he gives us. If we want to see the community transformed around us, if we want to see people's lives changed, we need to first be in the presence of Jesus, experiencing him so that it'll bubble out into our community, so it'll overflow out of us. And if, you're, if you've been in the presence of Jesus, you've, you've experienced him, you know, you know what he offers, then don't be afraid to share the overflow of the joy that he gives you. Don't be afraid to share it. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you for being obedient to the Father. Thank you for living the life that we were supposed to live and dying the death that we should have died. Jesus, you're so You're so faithful. 
You keep on being faithful to us, even though we seek satisfaction and all of these other things, all these things that don't satisfy us, that leave us hungry and thirsty. Jesus, you are the one who can truly satisfy our souls. Help us to believe that. Help us to know that you are the satisfier. Help us to get into your presence and to feel feel your presence. Jesus, we love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.